Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're re- Reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting email. And came from a woman who said, Carol, my husband has out of control behavior. I've been dealing with this for 30 years. He never gets better. It's always the same. I don't know what to do. I am not sure if I should leave him or if I should do something that, that is able to get him to be different. Oh, boy. The truth of the matter is if she's been dealing with this for 30 years and he has not made any changes, she is really going to have to determine what is she willing to do to make her life better. It really means, um, you know, leaving. I, I, I have to say, it is very difficult for anybody to know what to do until they're in this situation. And, you know, she's got her family to think about. She's got herself. She's got her finances. She has her community. So... I would get her with a partner-sensitive therapist and then possibly with a coach to have her sort through what are her options. She sounds absolutely desperate. And what we know to be true is that it's important for you to have support when you're dealing with this. You know, that's what I tell the addicts too, is what do you want to do? What works what would work the best for you? What do you need so that you can figure out how to get into good recovery, right? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We are going to be talking about some of the basics, the essentials that actually help sex addiction and they help 
partner betrayal. And the truth of the matter is that um, sleep is such an important component to healing from addiction and healing from partner betrayal. And an over-aroused brain may make or create intermittent sleep disturbance, and that can occur in anybody. So if you're having sleep issues, you're going to want to listen to today's show because not only are we going to be talking about what do those sleep issues look like, how can you address them, but what do you do, um, how do you up your game and get the help you need or a sleep specialist, or utilize um, treatments that you wouldn't necessarily get from the average clinician. So I'm very excited that we're going to have Laura Childers on, and she's going to be talking about the need for sleep and its effects on the brain. She's got a lot of information to to give to us. Um, And she's going to be talking about different types of conditions you know, sleep fatigue disorder and and um, sleep apnea and and the different types of sleep. So I'm I'm happy to have her on, and I think you will really benefit from today's show. So the truth of the matter is that it's very difficult to be in this situation, no matter who you are. If you're an addict working on your recovery, you have got to be able to find an approach that is multi-purposed, that gives you the connection of groups, and it takes you to um, some intense therapy, maybe even some trauma treatment if you've had trauma in your life. Uh, That's different than supportive therapy. you may want to do something like EMDR or brain spotting. If you listen to our show last week, we talked about how important it can be to go to specialists who can help you identify at what point did you first have problematic experiences that may have contributed to sex addiction. I remember Patrick Carnes a long time ago in my, um, in my teachings. He said that he had just been to a brain specialist who had, did, who had done imaging of his brain, and the brain specialist was able to identify places in his brain that showed trauma, and he was able to connect that to age. And Patrick was like unbelievably amazed that a brain scan, just like the layers, the rings on a tree, could identify at what age did he first have trauma and how did that develop and what age was the next traumatic experience. So we are really getting sophisticated when it comes to um, brain science. And Laura is an expert on brain science as well. So I am just super excited to have her. And Laura, I want to welcome you to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Oh, thanks, Carol. I'm I'm glad to be here. 
Yes, you really, you really are a specialist. You don't just treat partner betrayal, but you well, describe yourself a little bit. Tell our listening audience all the training you have and what your specialty is. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, so uh, as Carol said, my name is Laura Childers, and uh, I have a master's, and I'm a licensed professional counselor. Uh, but what I really focus on now in my work is the brain and the body and really stabilizing it and helping clients to, um, to be able to thrive uh, by replenishing what their brain and body need to allow recovery to be a, an easier process for them. And so, um, so I have a, um, my, um, I'm board certified in neurofeedback. I'm a diplomat in QEEG technology. I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of training with some really great people in order to, you know, my goal is to, to just uh, clients. I, most all of my clients are, have had some type of treatment resistance. They've medications not worked for them. Therapy hasn't worked for them and nothing seems to stabilize them. And so they come in and we say, well, let's look at your brain. So I do an EEG um, and then I, t- I quantify it, so I turn it into brain maps also. And by looking at the brain waves on the, e- the actual EEG and quantifying it into the maps, I'm able to really understand a lot about what's going on when the person gives me a lot of direction. I think the pe- that what people are most excited about when they come in to me um, is that they they could, they might have some some directions to go, whereas it has felt like that they've just been kind of backpedaling, just not moving you know where they needed to move, maybe moving a little bit up and then back and up, but really not moving where they've wanted to go. And so, um, uh, and and a lot of my treatments start out as um, as biological based treatments. Some of them have to do with you know all of my clients, most of them have to do with sleep. Um, not all of them have to go to a sleep uh, doctor. Uh, often we do micronutrient testing. We do hormonal testing. There's a lot of testing that we do to make sure that everything is in balance um, because when your brain and your body are out of balance, it really makes uh, treatment and um, just recovery a lot harder uh, to, to, to go through. So that's what I do, and it's exciting, and I love it. Well, and you can just hear in your voice that you're you're very comforting. You've got an air about you that helps people to begin to, to resource and to find safety and stabilization, whether it be an addict or a partner. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about, you know, obviously you feel like sleep is such a significant way to improve functioning no matter what your issue. And so Tell me how you got involved in looking at sleep as being a major component for brain health and, and what you found. Absolutely. Well, so, so how I, that was not actually when I started doing this work. That was not necessarily my go-to. I did a lot of neurofeedback and things like that. But over time, especially with the clients that I have, what I found was that every time I did an EEG, there were some indications of um, exhaustion and of sleep dysregulation. And so um, and that what that looks like on the EEG is if, if a person is awake and they're falling into stage one sleep and there are, there are specific ways that I can tell that they're falling into stage one sleep, 
then that tells me they're pretty darn tired. They're pretty pretty exhausted if they're fall, starting to fall asleep with their eyes open. Um, in the eyes closed condition, I do each of them for 10 minutes, if they um, fall asleep into stage two sleep within the first five minutes, generally we, re- we refer out for a sleep study. If it's after that amount of time, we might look at um, some additional possibilities for their exhaustion, but almost every, and, and a lot of my clients are like, really, I fell asleep. I didn't know that, you know, or I didn't, you know, they answer questionnaires for me and um, there's no indication of a sleep issue. And so a lot of my clients have no idea that they have sleep issues. It's just, this is the way I've always been. This isn't, isn't this what life is, is like? So, so I started to do some really um, deep diving into sleep. And one thing that, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, Addicts start out with ADHD. That's a that's a big part of the population, and um, in ADHD, 30% of um, kids and adults have some type of sleep issue. Some type is called vigilance regulation. They can't regulate their schedules, and um, these are long-standing issues. And so over time, things get complicated. Uh, well, absolutely. Now, so they mm-hmm. come in and you do this assessment and you're able to check on their sleep issues. And can you, can you tell our listening audience, which are both partners and addicts, um, is there one over the other that's more susceptible to sleep issues? Because like you said, ADHD gets complicated and you found mm-hmm. that 30% of the people you work with do have ADHD and sleep issues as a result. Um, absolutely. Well, it, you know, it depends on what stage of recovery they're in. You know, after disclosure, the partner uh, typically doesn't sleep well for a while, but that's um, situational. Um, sometimes, you know, it, it's it, as a matter of fact, for for those who are, I think, more susceptible early recovery, both are in a state of over over arousal. They're easily triggered. Mm-hmm. They're flooded with emotions. There's stress. There's anxiety, and this makes sleep really difficult. But not sleeping makes everything even more intense. Um, makes our patience shorter. Makes our memory not as good. It's just you know it, it, it's and, and so I, I kind of call this extreme self care. That sleep is so necessary. We just don't function well without it. And so extreme self-care in the realm of sleep is really, really important because you will just function better. You will think better. You will feel better. You, your emotions will be um, less volatile. <clears throat> so um, in addiction, uh, uh, both addiction and partners, many of them have similar brains, believe it or not, and they, they have over-aroused brains. That's part of part of the addictive brain. Many part many, many partners have these over aroused brains too. In my EEGs, there are a couple of indicators that tell me this brain is just generally over aroused. Um, and there's one indicator, actually, one type of indicator where I can just name it and tell them you 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 are going to be prone to insomnia. This brain is prone to insomnia. And so. Uh, many partners also have, um, you know, OCD thoughts, uh, partners and addicts. That's difficult to turn off at night. Many have had long-standing problems. So, so some of it also depends on, you know, what what was going on before they got into recovery. Um, is it, did you have you had a sleep issue from early in your life? You know, these are all things that we talk about and we look into. So it's so it's both. Well, it's both. Um, if there's trauma. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if there's trauma on either side, um, sleep is often an issue. And more often than not, there is trauma in a certain percentage of the people that we're going to be seeing. Not all cases, but certainly some. And so, you know, obviously you have figured out a variety of things that can help clients work through their sleep issues without costing them a lot of money. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's right. You know, that's been one of my things is how do we do this and not have to, you know, recovery is so expensive anyways um, with all of the different types of, of work that can be done to stabilize. So um, in terms of um, things that can be done, I can tell you ways that you can tell if you have a sleep disorder, and I can also kind of tell you about, um, you know, what what interventions can be done, starting with the least invasive all the way up to a sleep study. Um, Which would would you like for me to start with? Oh, wherever you want to start. I'm going to let you make that decision. Okay, cool. So, 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 if you want to kind of, um, or, or how I assess um, in my office, I told you about the EEG. I also have a ring called a Circul ring. It's spelled C-I-R-C-U-L. Costs about three hundred dollars, and it tests your oxygen levels. It tests your, um, uh, your. It looks at your sleep stages when you sleep. It looks at your your heart rate, and by that I can actually tell, you know, if if your oxygen level drops and your heart rate bounces up and you, you, you bounce out of sleep and either wake up or bounce out of your sleep stage, then that tells me that there's something that needs to be addressed there. Um, because what's happening is you're, you're, somehow your breathing is, um, is your oxygen level gets low and then you, you arouse yourself and then and you pull yourself out of your deeper sleep stages so that you're not getting the consistent deeper sleep or REM sleep that you need. So uh, whenever, if my clients come in and they complain of TMJ um, or persistent jaw pain, uh, often I've got a, a dentist that I refer to, and she's really, really, she, that's what she works with is kind of um, issues of sleep, TMJ, that type of thing, and, and, and the jaw. And what we find is that many of these clients, their jaw, their neck will hurt when they wake up in the morning, and it's because they, they, the way their jaw sits, they actually can't get all the air into, you know, where, where it's needed. Um, a lot of people have deviated septums, things like that. So a lot of times it's obstructive apnea. <clears throat> Uh, over arousal. If you tend to be over aroused, then there are ways to calm yourself. Restless legs is really common um, with addictions, with ADHD, and so these are some some indicators. If your if your partner is saying, yeah, you you kick around all night long with your legs, then perhaps it's restless legs. Because what happens when we're kicking around is oftentimes we're pulling us out of our our sleep stages that we're in. And so you may get, you may think you're getting you know, a good eight hours of sleep, but really the quality of the sleep is not good. <clears throat> and quality is really the, uh, the, the, rem- the deep sleep is where our brain kind of cleans itself out and it, um, it, you know, works on regeneration of the cells and things like that. And REM is where memories are stored. So we really need both. And it's very, they're both very important for functioning. And so ways that I address um, uh, clients who come in and have sleep, you know, have sleep issues. If I notice that in their EEG they've fallen asleep within the first five minutes, then typically I say, let's, you know, we we, we very well might need a sleep ish, a sleep study. 
I generally give them my circle ring first so that we can just look at it before they go and spend the money and say, you know, uh, just look at it with the ring and go, okay, yeah, there does really look like that there's a problem here. Um, I, uh, if, if, if that's not the issue, if they're not falling asleep within the first five minutes, but I can definitely see that there's a sleep issue, then we kind of drill down into it. Um, for me, I can tell on the EEG at times that perhaps their brain is not getting the energy that it needs from the body. Um, most of my clients I'll send for micronutrient testing or, or often some other type of testing to make sure that their brain is getting the energy that it needs. Um, and there, there are certain issues, like we could have, um, a, it's very common, a, uh, an issue with processing B vitamins. Um, it's called MTFHR, and you have to take a special B12, B, B complex. It's a methyl B complex with that. And just getting your, your B vitamins will calm your nervous system down. And so, so things like this are really important to know. So we look at micronutrients. Also, you know, if you've um, been stressed out for years and years and years, then your body probably is living on cortisol and it doesn't have necessarily the, the nutrients to keep it sustained and healthy and the nervous system sustained. So, so, so getting that body kind of grounded in the nutrients that it needs is really important. <laughs> So we do the micronutrient testing. Uh, and then, you know, if we need to, some of my clients, we talk about sleep hygiene. I have some clients who, you know, it's 2 o'clock before they go to sleep. There's another ring called the aura ring, and sometimes my clients will get that. And then I can kind of look over and monitor it with them, and then we can talk about it. And, you know, maybe it's 1 or 2 o'clock when they're going to sleep, and then they can't get to sleep because their brains are kind of over-aroused at that point. And so we talk about sleep hygiene, and we talk about what – what what creates an environment where your body knows that it needs to go to sleep? Mm -hmm. um, we also talk about yeah, yeah about and uh, these go ahead, are, Carol. These are the easy things, aren't they, Laura? These <laughs> are the things that don't cost much and make so mm -hmm. much difference in sleep. Uh, that's why you call them sleep hygiene tips. So continue. Yes, absolutely, and and I can tell you some a little bit about. The, the sleep hygiene, what may, you know, what is helpful. This can be a front line. Sometimes with, with my clients, it ends up being a continual conversation to figure out really what's the best route to go and what's going to resolve this issue for them. So one of our conversations may be around sleep hygiene, and these are the things that we talk about. One is that you've got to get to know your body and your natural rhythms. There's a natural rhythm that everybody has, and, you know, perhaps yours is 11 to 7 or 10 to 6. Everybody's is a little bit different. But the thing is that if, if mine is, say, 10 to 6, and then I'm pushing myself at night, and then I'm not actually going to bed until 1130, um, a lot of times I've hit my second wind at that point, and so it's a lot harder to go to sleep. Um, and, and so, so you want to kind of find when your body is naturally kind of kicking into its tiredness and then also try to recognize when, whoa, I've gone beyond that point because now my, my heart is beating a little bit faster than it was before and I can't get to, you know, I can't sleep as well. So, uh, you, uh, keep a schedule. So once you know it, keep your schedule the same as possible, as often as possible. Try to wind down similarly every day. We want our, you know, we want our bodies to know that when we walk into our bedroom, that it's time to wind down at a certain time each night and that type of thing. We want to have a routine. We want to have the room in a place where it's relaxed and that um, it's cool and it's quiet and it's dark and um, there's not technology in it. There's not, we don't do our work in it because that 
kind of puts together possibly stress in sleeping and those two, two don't go together. So we want to keep stress out of the bedroom if at all possible. And we really want to train our bodies that when it's bedtime and we go in there, we do our routine and our body says, okay, this means it's time to go to sleep. So make your bedroom a sanctuary. Also, exercise, eating healthy. Exercise is really important. Eating healthy, no caffeine before bed, these types of things, no stimulants. So all of those things can help. And, you know, we'll, I'll chat with my clients about, the, about these things. And if they're doing these and continuing to do, do these and it's still not helping, then we go, to, um, we go to the next level. I can tell you other ways, though, to naturally help your sleep. Um, oxytocin is really important. That's that feel-good hormone. It's um, what um, you know. It, it's it's when we're connected to somebody. Um, it for for women um, when they when they nurse, uh, oxytocin is released and it feels good. It's a feel-good. They feel connected to their child. And so, so to to feel good, to have that sense of um, just that sense of being connected and feeling good, can help at bedtime. And to do this, you can. You can hug someone, um, take a walk, laugh. Laughing is really important and really good. Listen to soothing music. Um, eat oxytocin-rich meals like eggs, bananas, um, with eggs and bananas. Let me see. Deep breathing. So these are all things that can kind of increase your oxytocin level. There are things that can increase and, your melatonin uh, yes. levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so Laura, uh, obviously you had said uh-huh. oxytocin is kind of the thing that, mm-hmm. boy, a mother feels that connection with her newborn baby, and she has oxytocin spikes, and and yet really, uh, that can happen for a man, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. There are. That's right. And you identified. I know you you set up a situation where you said, you know, you can. Call friends. Call people you haven't talked to. Um, generate that novelty of memory and, and using that memory muscle to know what it was like when you were so close to somebody in your past and bring that back and check in with that person. Uh, and that's all about connection. And you know that connection is the antidote for addiction. So I'm so that's happy right. that you're reminding our clients whether they be partners or addicts, that they need the support of other people. And it's not just they need it, but it produces hormones that will make them feel better and sleep better, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we are social beings, and it feels good to be included, and it feels good to um, to be close to someone. Um, often in, in early recovery, that's, of course, difficult between partner and addict. And so, um, yes, you, you find recovery friends or sponsors or those who, can, who you can trust and bond with um, that you can, not now, you know, <laughs> during the pandemic time, but give hugs. Hugs are so important. And they, it just, you know, and, and some people, their nervous systems need that physical contact. Um, other people not as much, but some people really do need that, and that ground that helps to ground them. So yes, connection, feeling connected, feeling that your heart is connected with someone else's heart is really, really important, um, and helps every every part of our lives. 
Okay, so that's one um, chemical that you can help to increase in the body. And then you talk about melatonin and how important mm-hmm. that is for sleep. And, and I know that there's a lot of people that take melatonin to sleep. So tell us a little bit about that chemical and how you get it naturally versus if you may need to, to buy that as a supplement. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the the so one way to kind of help with the melatonin production in your own body is to when you wake up, go outside. You know, hopefully it's not so early that the sun's not out. So you want the sun to be out. <clears throat> go outside, spend at least ten minutes out there, and that's telling your body that hey, it's it's awake time. This is a, this is what time we're awake. Uh, we um, um, exercise helps because we're tired at night at bedtime especially if you sit a lot or you do a lot of computer work that type of thing exercise is really really important to allow our bodies to get energy out and wind down Uh, fresh air being out in nature uh, those are all really important to really um, kind of activating melatonin levels Uh, a nutrient that is important for our nervous system as well as melatonin is magnesium uh, foods that contain magnesium, almonds, avocados, shrimp, spinach. Um, so, and you can uh, you can do supplements also. There's a, I have a magnesium supplement that you can put in water, and I just kind of drink it with some other vitamins throughout the day. Uh, let's see. Some other things are tropical fruits like pineapples, oranges, or bananas. Those are a great source of melatonin. Um, let me see. Uh, the highest concentration is built up within two hours of eating these. And so if you eat them within a couple of hours before going to bed, tropical fruits, pineapples, oranges, and bananas, um, it can help you to elevate naturally your melatonin levels. Uh, also, tart cherries are loaded with melatonin, uh, but you have to watch for, uh, if you're drinking tart cherry juice, you have to watch for the sugar content. You don't want the sugar content to be too high. So those are all great ways to naturally increase your melatonin. And, you know, in working with someone, you may find that you need to take melatonin or that, you know, it's, it's really a conversation and trying to understand, you know, what's going on with your body and what you need to do. There are circadian rhythm delay issues in some people, and so their circadian rhythm is just kind of off, and so they have to reset it with the melatonin. So there are real reasons to take melatonin. For a lot of people, we've talked about Mm -hmm. ways to increase those needed uh, chemicals in the body. And so, Mm -hmm. obviously, you talked about oxytocin, the connecting drug Mm -hmm. within your body, Mm -hmm. the chemical. Mm -hmm. And then you talked Mm -hmm. about melatonin, which helps to regulate sleep. But Mm -hmm. what about serotonin? Because serotonin oftentimes is that gateway to good mental health. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. serotonin. Absolutely, absolutely. Serotonin is certainly implicated in depression, and depression, you know, goes along with sleep issues. And, um, you know, it's also when our serotonin is more more balanced, then we feel more balanced. We just feel, we feel better. We feel good. Um, so, so ways that you can naturally get, increase your serotonin levels um, first of all, tryptophan. So that is in, you know, um, lean meats and eggs, and we all know it's in turkey. 
So <laughs> my turkey, that's why we go to sleep, you know, rest after, relax after our turkey dinner. Uh, book a massage. This is a great way to just allow your body to release um, chemicals within it to to relax you, and that helps your serotonin. Uh, B vitamins are really really important, and like I said, some people some people don't process B vitamins well in their bodies, and they need a special type of B vitamin. But the 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 a, a good B complex is really important to um, to balancing out your nervous system. Um, now I think that if you're taking psychiatric meds and things like that, that it's really important to to talk with your psychiatrist and, you know, do do a thorough evaluation to figure out what you need, what, what needs to be, you know, um, in there and what you don't want to take with your psychiatric medication. Sunshine, being outside, adding magnesium, uh, finding ways to be more positive, um, being grateful every morning, wake up, and what are you grateful for before bed? What, what happened today that I'm grateful for? If you can reframe your life in this way, uh, you will bring about more serotonin. Reduce your sugar intake, meditate, exercise more often, get more vitamin C, and practice self-care to reduce stress. Now, one thing that I've learned as I've worked with the brain is there, you know, the, we, we, we see something, our information comes in through our eyes, we see something, and then our brain can take a couple of different pathways depending on how we interpret that information that we see. And one pathway is the healthier pathway. And this pathway is often one that comes with self-care and you know, good eating and all of the healthy habits that we, that we create that allow us to naturally replenish ourselves. Now, not everybody can naturally replenish everything. Um, the other way is the way of suffering, actually, and that's the way that kind of goes straight into that fight or flight in the limbic system and that tends to get triggered and, um, and you know, and all of that type of thing. And so, so the way to, to, help to help the brain to learn to go into the healthier pathway over time is to, to learn healthy habits in your life, get, get good sleep, eat, exercise, have connection, um, have a spirituality, whatever that means to you, uh, connect with, have meaning, having meaning in your life is important, um, taking the right type of vitamins, all of these things are really important. And if you can keep, keep your life through self-care in, in, in the beginning, extreme self-care, um, then you can walk more stable as you go through this journey. And it's a difficult, difficult journey to go through. So when I say extreme self-care, sometimes that's just what's needed to keep your, bra- your brain and your body more balanced. Yeah, absolutely. You, you have shared with our listening audience very naturalistic ways of, you know, getting – getting better sleep, developing better sleep hygiene. Now, tell us a little bit more about the sleep studies and, you know, what happens if none of this seems to work and they've been to a therapist to reduce their anxiety or depression and they're still having significant sleep problems? Absolutely. Those are really, really good um, uh, questions. So, so, so what we find um, is and I have a really good sleep doctor that I've I've talked with and I send my clients to. Um, is is that there are certain people who need their sleep to be addressed through a sleep study and they they you know if their insurance approves it then they stay there all night long 
and they're hooked up to a cardiac monitor and they're, they're, they've got some electrodes on their head and, you know, so they have all this uh, stuff. And so, you know, it's a little unnatural, but it still kind of gives a sense of what happens when you sleep. And, uh, you know, some of the in, in addictions, um, some of what we see is, uh, is sleep disordered breathing. And so that can be, you know, I live in, in Texas and in Houston and there's allergies like crazy here. And so a lot of us, you know, our noses are stopped up and so we don't get the oxygen we need at night. And believe it or not, something as small as that can affect the quality of your sleep. Uh, um, again, there's delayed sleep onset. There's a type of hypoarousal where you're always like on edge during the day. You're always on. Um, but the moment you sit down, you're out cold. You're out like a light. Um, so, so these are all addressed in different ways, but if a person can't stabilize on, it, we'll put it this way, when I do my EEGs, now if they fall asleep in the first five minutes, we, and, and then we do the, the ring and both indicate, you know, that we, we need to look deeper into this, then, then let's go and do the sleep study. That's, that's really going to be our first line of treatment because really, um, like I, I do neurofeedback, but the neurofeedback is not going to stick if you've got a sleep issue and your brain can't learn. And it can't learn if you're not getting the quality sleep that it needs. And so, um, so, so that would be the first line of treatment for that particular person. Now, if there's another person who they don't fall asleep immediately, but they've got, you know, there's something going on, then we, we try the sleep hygiene. We try the micronutrients to balance out their body. We look and see if there are any hormonal problems. We look at all the, the possibilities of what could cause the sleep issue. Um, and if we can't address it through any of those and there still appears to be a sleep issue, then we go ahead and send them in for a sleep study. So, um, and so, uh, so that's, mm-hmm. yes. But when they go for a sleep study, um, obviously insurance pays for part of this. I think, mm-hmm. I, I think my clients got reimbursed by insurance. Um, do they have to go to their primary care doctor to get that referral or, or how does that happen? I, it depends on your insurance. Um, a lot of insurances do reimburse. They want to uh, have reason to to pay the money for the study, and so um, you know they they um, you might have to do some kind of additional testing to um, to make sure. Sometimes my testing is enough. Like I said, if they're falling asleep within five minutes, then that's enough. That that's that there's something going on with their sleep. So. Um, so, so it depends on what your deductible is. You know, if you have a thousand dollar deductible and you haven't met that yet, then probably you'll have to pay the thousand dollar deductible, um, and then you know whatever your insurance com- covers. So everybody's different in what it covers, but I can tell you that if it is really necessary that uh, going can make a huge difference in your life. Now, some people end up on CPAP machines, and it's, it's not necessarily a pretty thing. Um, a lot of people have obstructive apnea, but, the, but then you, you go, well, okay, so we can solve this. I had a client who had a deviated septum. She repaired her deviated septum, but she's still got something breathing-related going on. And so she has TMJ, so now we're thinking, okay, so she's going to go to the dentist and see about, you know, fixing the jaw issue that she has. Well, for some people, that's a lot to, to, to follow up and try to feel, figure out all of what's obstructing, you know, their, their, um, their breathing at night. And so sometimes a CPAP machine, if you just try it out, you'll realize, wow, 
the quality of my life is different because I'm getting oxygen at night. You know, and then maybe take the time if you still want to, to look into what the obstructions can be, or you can talk to your ENT doctor about it. But, uh, mm-hmm. but getting good oxygen at night. And sometimes I'll send pe- people, actually sometimes I'll send people to the ENT doctor before the sleep doctor, because it, you know, it, it appears that, um, that it's definitely allergy or obstruction related. Um, it, with kids, I'll do that. Um, I'll send them to their ENT doctor because it could be tonsils, it could be adenoids, it could be a lot of things for kids. Well, you know, you mentioned that you work out of, I think, out of Houston, Texas. Is that correct? That, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And so, if people wanted to work with you, Laura, you have so much um, wisdom and you got a lot of energy. Uh, how could they get a hold of you to make an appointment? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my email address, I'm, I'm actually with an organization called Ethos Wellness, uh, and uh, that's, where, that's where my office is. And hold on, let me get to all of my phone numbers and everything. My email address is lchilders, C-H-I-L-D as in dog, E-R-S, at the, T-H-E, love it, L-O-V, E-T-T center, C-E-N-T-E-R dot com. My uh, direct line to the organization to Ethos is 713-470-9878, extension 719. Um, so, so if you will email me or call me, uh, probably a lot of times the easiest way for, to catch me is to email me and then we set a time to talk because I tend to be pretty busy. Um, and, and that seems to be the way that we, instead of playing phone tag, we're able to actually set a time and say, hey, let's talk at this time. Uh, but yeah, I would like any questions that you have or, or however I can help. Um, definitely passionate about helping people get their lives on track in a way that they can, they can you know, thrive, that, that they can you know, be that gift that that they've struggled to be. Yes, and, and you are so good at understanding, you know, the different diagnoses, especially attention deficit disorder, which is at least in 30% of our sex addicts. And then you've been through the partner um, trauma group, APSATS, mm-hmm. and you've been trained with them and you're getting your certification and uh, you're really good with that population too. So if you are in Texas, um, I highly recommend that you think about Laura because she really has a lot of information, not only in safety and stabilization and getting you through the process, but also on the brain. And let's face it, when I first started out, my training with Patrick Carnes so long ago, he said, you know, we're all going to have to be brain scientists um, <laughs> as, as we get more involved in therapy because it, it is the brain that is the mechanism by which you can help somebody heal first and foremost. And I know you agree with that, don't you, Laura? 
Oh, absolutely, completely. I, so I'm, I'm taking courses, and I'll be starting to do this in um, in the summertime. But it's it's a new technique, and it's called event related potentials, where clients will do neurodiagnostic testing while I'm looking at their EEG, and that way I can understand where some of the breakdowns are, and say the attentional processing or the decision making or things like that, and then. The treatments can be even more targeted because the information that we have is even more precise. So what I find is the more information you have and the more precise that information is um, about the brain, about the body, that type of thing, the more that you are able to get on the path that's going to heal you. That's what I found. Well, Laura Childers, thank you so much for contributing to the show today. You've done an excellent job of explaining uh, why sleep is crucial in healing and in, you know, optimal functioning. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we end the show? Um, no, that's, that's, that's all that I can think of, and I'm happy to. I'm, I'm a wealth of knowledge, so I'm happy to answer any questions. All right. Well, again, they can get in touch with you by contacting you and give them that contact information one last time. Absolutely. My name is Laura Childers. My email address is lchilders at T-H-E-D, love it, L-O-V-E-T-T, center, dot com. And my phone number is... Let me bring it up real quick. My phone number is 713-470-9878, extension 719. Okay, Laura, thank you again for disseminating such good information. And um, I so appreciate the basics you gave us because we can all do those things, and that doesn't cost a lot of money. But, again, if somebody's really having difficulty, a sleep specialist is the way to go. Uh, to get the referral that you need. So make it a great day, Laura, and uh, keep giving us that kind of information. Let us know when you've got another Mm -hmm. subject you'd like to talk about. Awesome. Thank you, Carol. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. All right. And that was Laura Childers, and obviously she just has a wealth of information on sleep. And I know you're probably sitting there going, oh, yeah, 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 you know, sleep, sleep, sleep. But truly, I am leaning into retirement. I tell everybody on every show. I have to say it so that I convince myself this is what I'm doing. And one of the things that I have made the commitment to do is to sleep more. I was a five-hour-a-night gal. And you know what that meant? I I was totally happy with that. I would typically wake up an hour before five. Um, And I felt like I I optimally functioned on five hours. But the truth of the matter is, that's not healthy for your brain. And so, as I said I would lean into retirement, I said that means I get more sleep. And I have methodically figured out how to do that. It's not where it wants to be, but it is, oh, 40% better. So that's pretty good since January that I've made it 40% better, and I love it. So you think about adding a few things that Laura talked about into your day uh, because you have the choice and the control to create the life you deserve. 
and we'll see you more next week. Uh, we'll see you for more sex help. We'll see you soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.